Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another round of In the House. We have a very special guest, Brian Lambert, CEO, Wingless Comics. It is truly an honor. I'm really excited about our conversation. I'm looking forward to getting to some some, some really cool topics. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Rod. I appreciate um, just the time to be able to talk. Man, I love what Royal House Comics is doing, um, and I love what you're doing here. So I appreciate you having me on. We uh, we talked we 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 talked about um, uh, uh, like the path in, into writing earlier, and I want to get into some some really interesting things that you're doing in comics. But first off, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Brian Lambert, uh, and I am I guess CEO, publisher, and also a creator on Wingless Comics. Um, uh, I started out as a novelist. Um, I released my original novel about five years ago. Ascension, the Crucian Saga. I released, self-published it on Amazon. Um, it ended up being on the Amazon bestseller list for about two weeks. Um, it, it was a really great journey for me because that's a story that's very, very close to my heart. Um, but as I was writing the second part or the second book in that series, um, Facebook was really huge, and it still is, right? I mean, for older people, as they yeah. say now, it's exactly generational. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so. Uh, there was, it was easy to get into a lot of groups. There were like groups were really big at the time, and there are a lot of comic groups, a lot of nerd groups, a lot of people who wanted to do this. Uh, and so I ended up linking up with a guy who wanted to collaborate on a comic book, and because he had these characters, but he needed a writer. Um, and, and through our conversations and through uh, the work that he and I were supposed to do, I realized how how feasible it was to do comics. Uh, I grew up in a time, I grew up in the 80s, a really imaginative time. I grew up in the 90s as well. Um, so you had um, X-Men Mutant Genesis came out, and it was really big for the comic book scene and a relaunch of the X-Men titles. Um, you had Image Comics hit, and that shook up the entire comic game. Definitely. And so I got to see all of those kinds of things, and there were a lot of properties that were, that were developed in the 80s, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, um, just a ton of things that they're rebooting now. Um, and, and people are really, really attached to. So it was a great thing for me because it always led to that imagination. But before something like self-publishing, before how big the Internet is, before all of these things, uh, I, I wouldn't have known how to get into Marvel Comics. Like, you know, P.O. Box who? You know, w what do you do? So um, I was able to to use my self-publishing experience to create something um, that I've always wanted to do. I didn't see an inroad to comics until the last couple of years. Um, and, and so it's been a great journey to be able to go from what I was to what is, is developing now in terms of being able to put out material, tell these stories, get different visions of characters on there, you know what I mean? And really make uh, this visual medium um, mine as much as noveling and novel writing is mine you know like something that's like in my heart how much do you still um write and and engage in the practice of of novelization versus um kind of kind of you know you know forward in the you know just really uh, like i said i really want to get into some of the projects you're doing but um you brought up some really concept you know really interesting concepts that i think a lot of our listeners are going through right now which is how do i start how, you know, you, you began by writing, which was that first um, jump. So I don't really want to glance over it. You know, you, tell us a little bit more about that, that initial process. Like, 
becoming a writer because I think I think that's sometimes the hardest stage in, in my experience. And I know for other others, like writing that first book um, can sometimes be the most difficult thing. How was that for you? Uh, so writing my first book was a journey, but it was like a, a beautiful one. Um, so uh, when I go in and I, you know, I think we all do it now. We, you know, career days and different things or whatever. I go back and talk to my old high school. I always tell the kids, I'm like, yo, man, I wrote this book. And to me, it was the greatest book in the world. But it was like this horrible mashup of like Robotech and Star Wars and Kung Fu. <laughs> and it, like it was everything like and I got back at every high school bully, you know uh-huh, what I mean? Like, yeah. ostensibly or whatever. And I just thought it was the greatest thing ever, and it sucked so bad. Uh, I still love it, and I still have, you know, the four or five chapters that I wrote about it. But it was, like, admittedly, it was just not good. It sounds um, fun, though. <laughs> it wasn't. It's really not. I promise you, like, the writing is bad. It's just, it's not good, right? But it's, um, you can tell, like, it's like a labor of love. It's, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but... Um, one of the biggest things for me, and I don't think that necessarily everyone has to do it. It just depends on your background was, um, I actually got my creative writing degree. Mm. So that forced me to do things that I hadn't done before in terms of like writing flash fiction and writing micro fiction and short stories, which I think is very helpful when you come to writing comics, because you have to tell a complete and total story. You know, Ascension is a 500 page, you know, novel. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, your average comic is 22 to 27 pages, Mm -hmm. right? So how do I get pieces of these stories to be complete stories themselves? That was a technique that I had to learn. Interesting. Um, I also think that learning is a very big uh, part. You have a lot of people, all of us have stories to tell. The craft of writing, though, is much different than telling a story. You can have somebody that you talk to and you chat with, and it's like, oh, man, they told the story really well. But does that mean that they could write that story really well? Not necessarily. You have to learn some of the techniques. And um, what I see from a lot of of writers, and especially comic writers, is a lot of people want to break the rules mm-hmm. before they know the rule, right? Mm-hmm. Or we do this thing, and, and, and putting on my you know editor hat or whatever, will, you'll see that a lot of times uh, we don't list our characters' names. Because we know who they are, but our audience doesn't. So even if you go back and look at, at Marvel Comics, they're going to, even Spider-Man, right? They're going to, everybody knows who Spider-Man is, but they're still going to put Spider-Man's name next to him to, to remind you, hey, this is Spider-Man. Mm. And then all the other characters and little things like that. Um, we also run into where, because we are writing the story, we know the story. So we'll gloss over something and your audience gets a moment like, wait, what? And you have the response of like, oh, well, see what you don't know is, well, they're your audience. They've got to know everything. Yeah. Novel writing, I feel like it's a lot easier because you have more pages to do that with. You have more pages to, to, to bring that back around. In a comic, you have 22 pages. You have 27 pages. Um, and so those kinds of things become a, a, a little bit different, a little bit dicey, but but fun, though, right? Like yeah. it's, it's really just the path of like putting the puzzle pieces together in a way that you love and people can accept and understand without, you know, too much trauma. I think you, um, man, I'm really glad you kind of gave us that, that, um, that range or that bridge between, you know, of, of becoming more confident in your craft, but taking that first leap from, from a novice, we all start off as a novice. And I think this is sometimes what that indie space, um, kind of, kind of allows you to escape the craft a little bit and the attention to the craft a little bit because you have so much freedom and autonomy. 
to to put out what you want. I think that's not a double-edged sword, but I think that there are two sides to that, right? Because you have, like you said, the autonomy is awesome. You also have the other end of that where there's that gatekeeping kind of, oh, you've got to follow these rules and do it exactly like this because this is how, you know, whoever did it back in the day. Jim Starlin did it back in the day. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool, but that was back in the day. Um, You know, back in the day, we had a lot of thought bubbles. Now we have narrative captions. Like, things are going to change. Things are going to evolve, you know, at all times. Um, So I I think there's a, a duality to that in terms of like breaking the rules and doing what you got to do and, mm-hmm. and, and, and knowing the, so there's a right way to do the wrong thing. Hit right? me, hit in me order with to, it. <laughs> in order to, in order to break the rule effectively, you've got to actually know the rule. That don't mean you have to follow it, but you got to know what it means and why it's there. Um, and then you can break it effectively. Otherwise you end up kind of flailing. Um, I think we've all seen a comic or two where somebody that, you know, there's somebody's talking and there's a bubble above them. Right. And then, like, the tail will wrap behind the character and, you yeah. know, do all these weird things. And it's like, well, okay, why why in comic conventions do they not do that? You know, why why is a character that's on the left on the to- all the time remain on the left, you know, as opposed to switching and being on the right? Because your mind interprets it differently. Mm-hmm. You can't have a character that's running from left to right and then all of a sudden now is running from right to left. It doesn't make sense in your brain. Yeah, I mean, well, I think you, like, like I said, I really wanted to pull on this string um, um, because a lot of our audience are, are writers and the comic book creators, you know, some are, are on the writing side, some are on the art side. And there is an element, a structure to novelization, to prose, to script writing, to sequential art, right? Mm-hmm. So so you you took that liberty and that opportunity um to go gain some value and some real knowledge in writing. And I wanted to ask you, like, what were some of the, you know, what were some of the classes or some of the courses what were some of the, the topics when you went to like really learn how to write that people like listening would be like, Oh, okay, let me go explore that concept. Um, the one, and this is what I tell everybody start with flash flash fiction, right? Start with micro fiction. It really is basically you're writing a fiction piece. That's like a page long. You know what I mean? I think the max you're supposed to do is like 500 words which is basically a page, you know, a page worth of, of, of writing. That one really, really helped, man. And, and so I'm a person that hates that type of writing. Like, I absolutely cannot stand it. I don't want to do it. But it was super beneficial because I had to learn how to make, I had to, you know, I, I remember one very distinctly. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to do the trial of a sentient life form, like an AI program versus a human and at the end, like the AI program is going to bomb all humanity, right? So that's that's term like Terminator. It's behind me, right? Like it's, that's <laughs> yeah. Terminator, right? But mm-hmm. I wanted to do like the trial of Terminator, um, and <laughs> that's not like a one page idea, right? Like I don't think it is. But then I was like, oh shit, I got to do this in one page. Okay, so you know, get into the meat and potatoes, tell an in depth story that way. Also, uh, don't be afraid to go back and read scripts and stuff. So it depends on what you're doing, right? Like Mm -hmm. I read a lot of scripts, movie, um, comic, and I read them from my favorite writers. I didn't read them from people who call them the best. I will never, ever in my life read an Alan Moore script. I don't need to, right? Alan Moore's books are Alan Moore's scripts. Like everything that he wants, he puts into a book. So I don't need to go back and read his, his script, but somebody like Jeff Johns, I wanted to see his because his are like punchy and, you know, uh, kind of, you know, 
cartoony in terms of like pacing. Um, I wanted to read a Mark Wade script. I love Mark Wade's uh, uh, writing. And, you know, there are a couple others. So you, you have to go for where you can gain knowledge in the place that you're passionate about because if you do if you just do the things and you tick off boxes that's good when you're in school but if you're self-learning right you have to stay self-motivated so it's a Mm. different right like it's a different thing it's easy to do for me to do flash fiction when i'm in school because my grade depends on like i have to do it but if i'm when i'm independently learning i want to do the things that 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 push me forward you want to read great comics right and you know as well as i do the more comics you work on, the less time you have to read comics. Mm, yeah. And it sucks because you want to. It's just your days are so packed. Um, so uh, it, it's one of those things where you have to go and 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 find the place that you love uh, with in terms of writing, storytelling, art, whatever it is. Right. Find that place where you love and then study what you love even the Renaissance painters and all these great guys, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like they didn't just do stuff. They did what they really, really cared about. You know what I mean? Like that's why some were better with metalworking. That's why some were better with tapestries because they found the thing that they loved and they, they studied it. And, and I think that goes beyond, you know, comics. It goes beyond, you know, art. It goes into the pursuit and like creating comics really, it really consumes like what you do and almost like becomes like who you are you're telling these stories and, and you're living with these stories in, in your mind. So like anything that you're going to spend your time with, you're going to do a better being passionate about. And I think yeah. that's often why like so many people find themselves like dispassionate and, you know, almost like just complaining and frustrated because they're not finding any windows to express like what's really in their mind. And so like comics, like as you got led to comics, you started off and as you got led to comics, tell us how wingless came about and how you made, as you crossed that bridge, you really, you know, kind of found a footing. So wingless entertainment is the, is the banner company, right? And wingless entertainment has always been there. Um, wingless comics spun out of, uh, I ended up, I have, after the friend and I, uh, we, that project, obviously it didn't go anywhere. Uh, um, but that, that happens, right? You have projects in development hell or whatever. Uh, I ended up linking up with Concrete Comics. Shout out to them. Um, Definitely. And, and Lonzo and Jamil and Daniel and those guys. So I was on the ground floor of Concrete Comics. So there are some people out there that have a Justice Issue Zero from Concrete Comics. I'd say keep it if you got it, man. It, you know, might be worth something someday. It will. Um, but yeah, we, we did our first rollout. Um <clears throat> And we had a very successful Kickstarter between the four of us. It was, you know, a good experience. We learned a lot. Uh, but then I realized, like, my path was a little bit different, right? Like, I wanted to do things slightly differently than the way Concrete Comics is doing it. Um, and different doesn't always mean bad. It just means different. Um, so there was a little bit more uh, creator control, creative control that I wanted. Just, again, a different, different, just a different path. And yeah. so... Um, so um, I left Concrete Comics and I launched Wingless Comics because of that, because I wanted to do things a certain way. The world of Wingless um, is a character itself um, and, and the, history, the history behind it, the chronology behind it. All of it to me is, is really important to the overall story. Uh, so that, I need that's autonomy deep. in order to do that. that that's deep. And um, if, if you're willing, go ahead and, and, and take us into that world. Tell us. 
in, so, give, us, um, give us the let us through the door of of, of wingless. So so wingless comics and and I'm gonna say it now the wingverse as Malachi calls it and I fought that name forever but he won that battle. Um, so when dealing with we're in America, one we're in America. I'm an African American male. Um, there are some things that we have to take as like not universal truth but like an objective truth. Um, religion is 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 very prominent in our community. Um, now that doesn't mean just Christianity, but that just means religion in general is very prominent in the black community. Obviously, mm-hmm. music is obviously very prominent in the black community. Um, women are very prominent in the black community. These are all mm-hmm. good things, and these are all things I wanted to highlight within Wingless Comics. Uh, so the Wingless Comics world is one that's based. Well, what we've seen so far is what I should say is based in Christian mythology. Um, um, I've had to not had to, but I've had the conversation a few times where people were like, oh, this is a religious book. And, you know, da, da, da. and I had to remind them, like, no, it's not. It's it's my background. Look, my mother's a minister. My uncle's, you know, blah, blah, blah. My entire family um, is a church family. But this is not a religious book. This is a book that's based just like Greek mythology. Okay. That was a religion for people yes. when they believed it. Right. And now we call it Greek mythology. Uh, so uh, Christian mythology I, is the same base and the same you know, mindset that I used when creating the wingless universe. So there are some things that are, you know, biblical that will pop up, obviously. Justice is the main character. Justice is an archangel. So there are things that are going to pop up. Um, again, uh, that from come from a religious context, um, and 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 a spiritual context. When we get into you know Arishas and and everything else, and how all of these things are interconnected. Mm-hmm. But again, um, we're dealing with a world that is like ours, but not necessarily right. Like the dark turn of our universe is is the universe which wingless inhabits uh tell tell me about the the world as far as like you know uh power scaling and 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 character interactions and conflicts um so ah, power scaling man that's such a dicey conversation everybody loves and hates it right uh but Oh, so this is what I'll say. Uh, I think this is the easiest way to do it. So in in the wingless universe, there is one creator, right? Now, you can call that person God. That person has a lot of different names. God, Ra, um, Elohim, you know, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. right? Like just one being that created everything else, right? Um, And so all the different things you see, all the different um, pantheons that you see, Greek, Roman, uh, Norse, Egyptian, uh, Yoruba, you know, blah, 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 but Christian, all these different things, um, they are all of the same tier, right? So you got like God up top. Then you have, you know, angels, uh, deities, blah, 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 next tier. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, next tier, next tier down. Um, and, and we have a concept called the firmament, um, obviously, which is taken straight from the Bible. Um, and the firmament has a, a, hierarchy that's all its own and i can't say much more than that because obviously it'll play into it uh you know a lot more but justice makes a point to say in his first appearance like i battled through the firmament to get here Mm. so that's going to be a a pretty important part as all these things kind of shape up um as far as like powers in general what one thing i love about when i grew up is we got these marvel trading cards right marvel trading cards dope they were super cool everybody had them but it also put marvel and certain characters into a box Mm. 
Captain America had a strength of two because Hulk had a strength of five. Right. And that's all you could do. So then you see Captain America punch Hulk in the face and it hurts the Hulk. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. Like, um, so Justice is our flagship, so he's the man, right? Okay. Like, I'll just put that out there. Justice is that guy. Um, her, uh, Malachi Bailey's her, is our trinity. Justice, her, and Caliber, man. It's it. I love that's, that. That's the power scale, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of makes it, obviously, if anybody knows the DC trinity, then you know what's up. I, I love, I actually really love the power the, just the talk of like powers and fight fighting i, I watch like youtube videos about like the verses types of you know things yeah, and like yeah, okay yeah. you know given a certain situation like who logically would win this fantastic you know what i mean like you yeah, gotta yeah, like yeah there's gotta be some logic to why the powers exist or you know why one yeah. person would win versus another villains i love that what was it bat in the sun did a lot of those they did a lot of the videos like uh wolverine versus wonder woman mm-hmm. and batman versus like darth vader you know what i mean like yeah like oh, yeah i've seen some crazy ones where they really kind of get outside of the box and like gaming becomes really interesting like like injustice or even like some of those marvel you know, uh, um you know like smash brothers where they're taking these different you know dynamics and like putting them together becomes really fun and i actually that's a good segue into kind of your crossover that yeah. that you were able to do it um because i think it's a good conversation around collaboration and yeah, back so to I, yeah like just kind of collaboration crossover how did that how did that kind of work out and and go for you so i had um i had an idea in mind originally um when i first started out in comics i've always wanted to do a, a big crossover like I've just wanted to do it. Um, Executioner song by the X-Men is probably one of my like Hallmark comics is one of my favorite ones. Cause it was it's something I saw growing up. Right. So then I got to see the X-Men together with X-Force with X-Factor. Mr. Sinister came out like mm. apocalypse. Everybody was in there. I was like, Oh man. So I've got to do that. And that's before I, you know, I knew anything about like infinity war or crisis on infinite earths or whatever. So I've always wanted to do that. Um, so I sat down and I wrote with one idea in mind and that idea didn't really pan out. But I was only about halfway through the script. So um, I had my boy, Lawrence King, uh, who is the uh, owner, CEO of Constant Hustle Comics. And I was like, look, man, I got this idea, you know, um, and um, I hit another another friend who uh, unfortunately, um, James Scott, who unfortunately had to, uh, you know, bow out. And the pitch was I was like, look, your character gets to, you know do this James Lawrence and I don't want to say Lawrence's part because it's coming up mm-hmm. and it's going to look really cool but oh, nice. I was like hey man like the pitch hey this is the pitch bro you get to do this your character gets to do this he was like okay I'm in and then I you know I was like hey James your character gets to shatter the sky and he was like what I was like shatter the sky and he was like all right I'm in <laughs> um and so it was kind of off to the races uh as far creatively right yeah. so I feel like in a collaboration like this the the creative part is the easiest part. Um, I knew who I wanted to, to draw it. I knew who I wanted to color it. Uh, so I was able to, hey, these are the this is the art team that I'm going to put on it. Do you guys agree or not agree? What do we want to do? Okay, cool. We agree. Boom. You know, next thing. The logistics is where it gets difficult, right? Because anyone who, okay, so if you haven't run a Kickstarter, just know it's a 30-day marathon, whoever you are out there. If you have run a Kickstarter, you already know it's a 30-day marathon. They're not easy. 
Um, there's so much promo that goes into it, so much, so many moving parts that go into it. Um, and even when we launched our first one, it was uh, easier because the groups were more interactive. The Facebook algorithm was pushing more groups. Mm. Now it's not. So that interaction has gone down uh, a ton. Uh, but, you know, getting the promo together daily, making sure that we're all on the same page, all saying the same message. And and let's be honest, and I, and I mean this for myself as well. We are in an industry where we're self-publishing. I own what I own. You own what you own. So ego go, gets into it, right? Ego is part of it. Um, and so balancing, you know, my ego, balancing whoever else's ego, that that's a, something that you have to take into account too. Like, are you able to do it? Am I able to do it? Um, and just kind of putting those pieces together again, we've, so we have three issues so far of nightfall, um, issue four and five, which will end the mini series is going to debut in February. Uh, we've done it in basically like a year and a half, just a little bit over that. Um, and, and that's, it's, it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work for your artist. My artists are drawing 120 some odd pages mm. in total. Um, I had to write 120 some odd pages. You've got to edit, you know, editorial changes come up. There are a lot of things that are, that, that you can't quantify when you first start. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting, putting, putting our characters together in an iconic manner is something that I would never trade in. Like, I absolutely love it because again, while we, create our own characters while we do what we do sometimes it's not in an iconic manner it's not taken in an iconic manner is what i should say Mm -hmm. even if we put it out there as hard as we can right other people and again you've had this experience we've been at cons we've been at different shows and people kind of look like oh okay Eh, eh, yeah eh." but you put your heart and soul into it right but again when you do it the other way and you force them to see like no this is dope this is again it's put together in an iconic form that form that they're used to, then it's it's harder for them to deny it, and that's something that I've always wanted to do. Man, that um, that that yeah, you bring up so many rich points that I think we can spend, you know, just just tons of time just like exploring that concept. The the first being, you know, collaboration, and and the benefit of an ego, and even taking the chance, and even saying like, hey, I'm I'm worthy, I'm worth it, my idea is cool. Right. That's that's one step. And we have that freedom to do that. But then there's that other that even though you don't have to you know hold a, stand, a standard and there's benefits to no gatekeepers, like where is the self, the self editing, the ownership of like, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the practice, appreciating the practice, even knowing the rule before you change it, as opposed to just saying, like, screw the rules. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I find a line of those creators like I, I, they're just saying, like, if you think you're the exception to the rule. You're probably the you're probably yeah, right. the rule, <laughs> right? Which is which I also find okay. What I find funny about it is is like you said the duality, right? Is that people that do that? I'm gonna break the rule and I don't care and da 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 da. And then you get mad that you're not accepted, but you're not accepted because you didn't follow the rule that they set. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're setting yourself up for that. And I'm not saying that it's again neither here nor there. It doesn't really matter um, what the case is. But if you want to be accepted, there are certain things that you have to do. Now, you can do all of those things without compromising your integrity. And that's your personal integrity, the integrity of the project, on and on and on. But on the other end of that, you can't just put something together and be like, y'all better love it. It, Sometimes the projects that we put together do not look good. 
Mm-hmm. Again, if you're not if you're not taking the time to put together a polished product and, and do the best you absolutely can, then uh, there's a part of me that's like, don't talk to me, right? If you're, I did the best I could, but you didn't hire an editor, then that's mm-hmm. not the best you could. Wait another six months, save up the money, and get an editor. You mm-hmm. know, um, a, oh, I did the best I could with the art, but you knew that they were stick figures. So somebody's going to call them stick figures, and they're not going to call it good art. Mm-hmm. So either live with that lack of acceptance and it's your product the way you want to do it or honestly be prepared to be judged for what you're doing that's the nature of people again i'm not saying that it's right i'm not saying it's necessarily the best it's simply nature yeah and then and then you want to fault the fan base for not understanding or not appreciating or you know it's their fault that that you know if if you even and and this is where it becomes real personal like if you just want to create your stuff for you and you none know it fine as soon as you want to start to package it and market it like what ecosystem are you in is there a market for it is there a standard for that market <laughs> if you don't want yeah. to play in the standard for that market then then i'm not sure what game what game you're playing it, yeah <laughs> let me know what game it, you're it, playing it gets i don't so one of the, my most hated i guess quotes right now is when people say that people don't understand stuff right like um what movie just came out what movie just came out oh matrix matrix right Mm. the new matrix resurrections and without spoilers you have a group of people obviously same thing as always and a group of people that likes it a group of people that doesn't okay cool big deal right but it's always like one group that's like oh the reason you don't like it is because you didn't understand no, maybe I just didn't like it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that, that's what happens when you put something out for public consumption. The public gets consumed in the way that they want, not necessarily the way you want. Um, and, and so, like you said, if you're putting yourself in a market where there is a standard, right, mm-hmm. where there is there are some you know rules that have become generally accepted by the populace that consumes that and the populace that creates it, and you're just like, Screw all of them rules. I'm going to do me and y'all better love it. No, they're going to be like, no, we don't love it because mm-hmm. it's not for them. But you're trying to shoehorn it in there. And you're seeing this a lot with, with a lot of these reboots. Honestly, they're they're really just trying to tap into the nostalgia. And and for, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say make a quick buck, but like like really like you get in as a as a business, you you want to have like. You, you really do. It you, is. <laughs> but it is a quick buck, though. You know what I mean? Like, it is. So I remember I read an interview where Lana Wachowski said that they didn't that they didn't want to do, um, you know, another Matrix. But Warner was going to go ahead with it anyway. So instead, they decided to helm the project, right? Again, neither here nor there. It is what it is. But when you look at nostalgia projects that are done right, in my opinion, like Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't know if you've seen Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't know if you're a Ghostbuster guy or whatever. I'm, a, I'm a definitely a Ghostbusters one and two guy. I like the um, the all late the woman cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that Ghostbusters. I haven't seen the new one, but I'm I'm almost certain I'm gonna like it when I see it. Go see the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, I'm a huge Ghostbuster. I saw both of them in the theater. I think I was like four when I saw Ghostbusters mm-hmm. one. Um, I was obviously older when I saw Ghostbusters 2 in the theater. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. I think that the all-female Ghostbusters had some promise, but I think they definitely screwed the pooch on it in a lot of ways, which was kind of annoying to me. But I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't ever ever call it like a good film, no. but I, it was enjoyable, though. Um, 
See, it like was I, fun. I think you you it was it was fun, and they tapped into the nostalgia, yeah. and and like you had a certain like comedian that was like like you know what I was saying any names like like comedians that are like hot, and you know what kind of comedy you're gonna get, you're gonna laugh, yeah. but then they fade, they kind of phase out. <laughs> a lot of those yeah. actors are you know not in not in their their high you know their their highest uh, uh you know you know you know in demand or whatever right now, but. But yeah, like like the new Gus, you know, Ghostbusters, and just like, you know, we're talking about like business and packaging. So with comics and titles, it becomes very similar. And like DC and Marvel, they'll run the same character literally 60, 70 years. Like this character, but they like they kill him off, and there's a new one. And there's there's these yeah. trunk, you know, uh, uh, arcs, right? The importance of a good story arc, and yeah. to kind of bring this back to like writing and the skill of writing. You know, how do you approach telling a good story arc? Uh, I started one way. Like, I was trying to do it the Marvel DC way at first. Six issues, you know, per arc and blah, blah, blah. And then the big ones would be 12. And uh, Jason Reeves from 133 Art, um, who's been a great friend and a great mentor to me since I got in the in the game. We were talking at Black Comics Day two years ago. And he was like, Why? Like just hard. I was, oh yeah, man, I'm gonna do. He was like, why? And I didn't get it at first. And he was like, he was like, think about it, man. You're just independent comics. Sometimes people struggle to get one issue done a year, right? Like you may be in a place where you only get one issue done a year. He was like, so you gonna make people wait six years to get one story arc of justice? Like one finished story is gonna take you six years. Like how crazy does that sound, Brian? And I was like, very, very crazy, sir. <laughs> um, so, yeah. um. I kind of truncated some of what I do. Uh, I, I definitely write people. Uh, some people do bullet points. Some people do boards. I am a summary guy. Like I'll do a one, you know, a one paragraph summary of this is what I want to do from issues one to four. This is what I want to do from issues two to six. Oh, hey, I don't have a place for this, but here's a story. It's going to take three issues to do. Um, I think that in addition to knowing what story you want to tell, again, know your market. Know you're in indie comics, right? Know that. You know, uh, again, uh, Justice issue three and maybe issue four will de- will debut um, in 2021 as well. Know that you, I don't want people to wait four years total to get, you know, one justice story, one full justice story. I don't think that that's fair to the audience. I don't think that that's honestly fair to the way I want to create, mm-hmm. um, which is another reason I did Nightfall, right? Nightfall is another branch of continually putting out material. And, and having it uh, for people to consume, I think uh, that's important. And, and and Royal House is is really trying its best to do some very similar things, like with the game, and you know, with with the two D animation, and and multiple projects. Right, if you're just doing one, I find myself at that at that crossroad as a single creator doing Pharaoh versus Priest. Like, okay, this is moving. This took a long time to you know to bring to its final completion. Like. What else? There are there other stories, there are other creators that we can bring in back to that collaboration. Can we actually, you know, because Marvel is going to have like Iron Man, but then before Iron Man, the next issue, they're going to have Hulk come out or, you know, yeah. a, another character come. They're going to have some reason to come back to Marvel and and engage in their ecosystem. Tell me how like how is like the business side of this of Wingless been for you? Um, um. Managing multiple projects, just. You know, go, you know, going to events like six, the success of comic sales. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I'm uh, okay. I'm honestly very thankful, not for the pandemic itself, but for some of the calm it created. Right? I don't know that I would 
necessarily have been ready for a full rollout, you know, a year ago this time to just continue and continue and continue um, and, and to hit shows. And, you know what I mean? Like there, there are a lot of moving parts. So kind of being able to breathe for a year um, while also making profit, making, you know, creating comics through Kickstarter and whatever else is, that's been a boon. That was great. That was something that was very um, helpful for me. Also, it gave me time. And, and this is, I think something that um, new, newer creators do, you know, myself included is we try to launch everything. Oh, I got a universe, 300 characters, but no one cares. Literally no one cares, right? No one cares about justice until I make them care about justice. No one cares about Nightfall until I make them care, right? And that takes time. And sometimes we don't build because we've got all these ideas in our head that we just want to get out. So you, uh, last year gave me the opportunity again to have a very strategized approach to be able to say like, okay, justice number one is in February. No, Nightfall, sorry, two, February. Justice number two is in, you know, May, then, you know, nightfall number three, you know what I mean? Like to, to be able to bounce around um, through these projects and give people time to digest it. Uh, comic conventions are, man, they're a mixed bag. It's just like everything else. You've got to know what audience you're going towards and what they are going to consume. Uh, you and I were both just recently at LA Comic Con, right? Yeah. Which was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the first two days I was in, I was offered a table. So I was in Artist Alley, right? Free table. That to me, some of, some of that, right? You're like, oh man, I made it. Somebody is offering me like, hey, they want me to be there so I can sell my books because they recognize that I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, hey, take this free table. That's, uh, again, double-edged sword. Um, it depends on where you are. It depends on how you're doing. I'm very thankful for the opportunity. But at the same time, the LA crowd is not an Artist Alley crowd. Mm -hmm. Right, the San Diego crowd is an, is a, is a an artist alley crowd because oh, they've been doing it much longer, right? And they go for the artist. The New York crowd is an artist alley crowd because they know, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. LA is LA is a town of celebrity. LA is a town of flashing lights. Um, so they're not necessarily an, an artist alley crowd. And I can tell the difference in myself. I did two days in artist alley, and then I did one day center lane prime booth, and I made more than the two previous days yeah, put yeah. together um, because again, there's a little bit of, of celebrity that comes with that quote unquote. There's a little bit of, of notoriety um, availability, all those different things. Um, if you're just starting out um, as a creator, I would say find your niche, right? If I go to something like black comics day, which is coming in February, February 20th, 21st in San Diego world beat center, black comics day is coming back. It's going to be awesome. Right. I go to black comics day. I know people are coming for black comics. That's a niche market, but I'm going to have an audience. It's, it's, it's a great place to start. It's a great place to kind of get your feet wet and understand the where's and what for is a lot of people, you people make a comic and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna go host at San Diego comic-con mm -hmm. bro. You're about to spend $1,500 to not make $1,500. That mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like you've got to know kind of where you not be long, but where you should start, like start your race in the proper place as opposed to trying to jump into the deep end with the big boys. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not the big boy, so I don't want anybody to get that twisted. Um, but, 
but you got to know where your audience is. Just like everything else, your marketing, that's another marketing piece, knowing your audience, knowing where people are going to buy your books and using that money effectively. Yeah, you. I mean, you, you got to start operating good business. And I think that's, you know, that's going to separate as good as your content is. It'll, somebody told me this and it, it, it meant more things in one. You know, we were, we were talking about like, um, just a process I was new and somebody that, that was, you know, I don't, I, don't, I didn't follow him. I didn't, I, he just seemed like he followed the game a little bit longer than me. And he says, I'm like, you know, your, your book's going to languish at the bottom of a languish at the bottom of a, of a rack or something, <laughs> you know, something like that. And it was really, and I didn't care, you know, I didn't care too much of it, but like our projects, if we, if we don't, if we don't continue to problem solve mm-hmm. our projects will languish maybe at the bottom of it will they will languish the language yeah period yeah you know they'll, they'll fall apart you know the team will fall apart the book will yeah. fall apart so like how have you found how have you found like your 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 core that your nucleus that kind of keeps wingless together um huh. how do i describe that <laughs> um malachi is the younger brother that i can't get rid of even if i wanted to um so you know, there's that. And Brett keeps me from going insane. Now, um, in, in reality, it's in a lot of ways. Now, uh, business aside, right? Um, because there's an understanding that business must be done between all of us. Um, and something has, sometimes when we get into business, people, you get these friendships because it's a small thing. And you people think that like, oh, this is like a friend thing. So this won't happen. Like, no, business is, business is king. Mm-hmm. And so decisions that are made for the company are about business. Um, so they can always be discussed, but the business is going to be what happens first. Um, but Malachi and I, like I, no, Malachi really is like a little brother. Um, so, um, and, and honestly, Brett sometimes is like a big brother. So it's become a family affair for me. And not just with those two, um, my actual blood older brother, his character is Jinx. That's in Nightfall. Um, and I was happy to be able to bring that character to life and he'll be uh jinx will be returning to wingless comics um with the with the little mini series and you know on and on and on right so like that's a family piece uh like i said uh having powerful female characters is important to me so lux who also appears in nightfall um has an upcoming series an ongoing series that's going to come out from wingless comics and my actual blood sister is going to be writing that um so the, the family link is important, right? Because that's that's not only a bond, but that's like a love, like a shared love of doing something and creating something and moving forward. Um, and 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 I would be, man, I would be lying so hard if I said that I hadn't. Okay, doing comics is like a maze, right? And so you can solve any maze by just following one wall. Un, you know, unwavering, right? It may take you a little bit of time. You're going to dash into a blind alley and dash out and blah, 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 blah. But if you follow one wall, you can always get to the end of a maze. Mm-hmm. Um, so comics is like that. Comics is is a maze. And so I've had partnerships that I dashed into and then I had to sever. I've, You know what I mean? I've had uh, business dealings that I wanted to go into and had to sever. But again, that's business. Um, so it's, it's not, um, it's not a, a solution that that just happens and you can automatically have it and oh it just works out so great no no man a lot of it's happenstance a lot of it is is trial and error uh a lot of it is is sticking to laser-like focus i have a vision 
right? So doesn't matter what anybody else does, right? If I want wingless comics to go left, wingless comics goes left. Uh, and and if that means that 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 Malachi leaves or Brett leaves or my sister or my brother or whatever, what have you, right? I still have to have that vision. I still have to have that clarity of like this is precisely what I want, and this is precisely the way that I want it to go. Um, and that laser-like focus based on business and not feelings is actually a benefit when you're creating, right? Because then if I, if I say, hey, this needs to be edited or this needs to be changed, it's not an emotional thing. It's about the business. Uh, one, I love the analogy. <laughs> the, may, the maze, I was like, it's just like eye-opening uh, for me. I, I can relate as, 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 you know, definitely, you know, uh, the curator, the you know, editor in chief of Royal House. Um, there's, there's got to be a direction, and and back to like ego, and everybody is an expert on themselves, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to, you know, to let go of yourself when you have when you're having a bridge, but there also has to be there's like there's such a balance because we got to have a leader to 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 problem solve and to take on some you know that role which is different from writing it's different from drawing it's different from marketing it's it's really back to just you know leadership and management skills which are outside of the craft of comic book creation they didn't 100%. they didn't <laughs> they didn't progenerate in comic book creation i think that's and that's what sometimes starts to happen when when people are are working together it's like you know the art the art trumps everything well you know Actually, it doesn't because, you know, I, I can spend a thousand dollars on a, on one piece of fine art, but that's not going to make me a book. I can't just have one page. I got to balance that quality over some production, uh, 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 you know, length. Right. And, and not just one book, multiple books. Right. So budgets and, and, and communication and schedules, that thing needs to be ready. Like it may not meet your artistic uh, <laughs> uh, uh you know if you, i wish you don't have another two or three weeks to go in on that detail so like that that just was really profound um i want to kind of lead you know as, as we're finishing um what are some tr- is are there any like trend what tell me tell me about the space as you see it the indie space any trends that you're you know appreciating and and they're kind of kind of like grabbing you like oh that, you know there's some cool ideas maybe other creators or, or shout outs or just like something that you're trying to do and build uh, in the space? Uh, so I think that uh, I think that the indie space and I think the black indie space specifically at this moment, right, um, is going to change. And the reason I bring that up is uh, there was a large company that was on Shark Tank yesterday and they made a deal. And um, uh, obviously there's, there are reasons that I don't say specifically who. Agreed, um, yeah. But... Um, so like them hate them you know whatever in between um it opens some doors right um it opens some windows it, it changes some perceptions yeah. um and it's going to it's going to have the same effect that the harder they fall did it's going to have the same effect that black panther did obviously to a smaller scale but it changes the dynamic of things so that's something to be very very uh cautious and careful of because content is king right so if you have content i believe that people are going to snatch it up there are going to be people who are looking for it there are already people that are looking for it 
but it's how you package it, how you put it together, how you do it, you know, you know, on and on and on. So I think that that's something that I think we should all be aware of. Yeah. Again, if not, not, you know, being on it 24 seven, but just, you know, aware that this is a thing and this is happening. Um, indie comics itself i'm gonna shout myself out real quick Definitely. uh uh so you know you know again a year and a half ago we started doing um we started doing nightfall which is which is a pretty monumentous piece obviously for myself uh prior to that i had only seen advent comics with their 12 series you know 12 issue maxi series uh cosmos where there's just a ton of characters in there um i'm seeing more people proposing crossovers after nightfall um i've had people reach out and say you know hey man like not like it's the blueprint but like oh you know there are some things that i can take away from this and i can see definitely based on what you're doing yeah. you know what i mean and uh because it's not a it's not actually an easy thing doing it between independent comics and being successful mm -hmm. um so uh I, i've been thankful to be in that space um and i see some collaborations that are pretty dope um Royal House, I shout you guys out as well. And we've talked in person. You guys are definitely doing some things that I that I that I love to see. Rolling animation, who doesn't love animation? Mm -hmm. um, two, moving into the into the game space, and you and I have had some some conversations about that part. So definitely. I love seeing that. I love seeing multimedia um, attacks uh, based on our own IP. Right. If we can self-publish, that means we can self-publish. Video games are published. That means we can publish anything. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if we can get into these spaces that's pretty dope um i love seeing the quality so i will say that there are a lot of times or when i first got in the game and this is only a couple of years ago man again people just put out stuff and like wouldn't really pay attention to how their panels look how the story is i love seeing the quality improve i love being able to work with i'm working as editor for ace blade now for fourth wall oh, comics uh, i'm gonna be the writer starting issue five for emerald quest um um, from Freestyle Comics, um, Unlikely Hero Studios. I do some consulting with them, and they're a great studio. Uh, Moana Nui, like there are just so many. Obviously, uh, uh, Jibba Anderson and uh, uh, Four Pages, Sixteen Bars. Man, again, I cannot name them all because like there are so many, and I love to see it. And I love to see the quality. I love to see this renaissance of skill. Um, because it's not just the comic game, right? Like, you get a lot of people, I don't like Marvel because they did this. I don't like DC because they did that. And then people will be like, well, tell your own story. And some of us have stepped up to the plate and said, like, we will tell our own stories. Mm -hmm. But just as effectively, just as efficiently, with just as good art, and on and on and on, and, and kind of coming to this this huge space where we can do things. I love seeing that. I love seeing the growth. I love seeing us be able to go to cons and have people cosplay as our characters. I love seeing all the things that constitute um internal success i mean um, as well as external you you can go to an upwork a fervor you can find on these facebook groups an artist that is just as good as a as a marvel or mm -hmm. or you know dc production yeah, 100%. um you can self-publish now so they're like you said you know who uh, a p.o box who like no you can actually you know make your own website and and um back to like sales like your market is built one person at a time mm -hmm. as an indie creator that's your responsibility there's no yeah. there is no market there was no market for hip-hop when russell simmons made the first uh, uh uh you know tape he had to go give it away yeah. he had to go make a market yeah. for yeah. it right so you 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 huge uh success um um story and and yeah it's not the only model but you know wingless is a model and if people are listening they you know they can follow they can they can watch you know how you know how you're doing it and 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 
you know, the young generation, even as just like one year, people are like reaching out to me like, hey, can we publish? Can you help me write a book? I'm like, man, yeah, I yeah, just right. I'm, like I'm still learning myself, man. Like, right, right. Still learning myself. And, and, and it's, it's just I don't want to say it's going to get worse, but it's going to get um, it's going to increase exponentially is what I'm trying to say. Like that that is not going to go away. People asking if you want to publish or, hey, can you publish my this or can you do my that? It's not going to go away. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing. I have people again. I've been doing comics comics for three years i have people like yeah yeah man you deep in the game og and i'm like OG, OG, what you know what i mean like i just started this um but again your quality speaks for you right like your name is whispered in rooms you've never entered and that is the space you have to operate in to where when you go out your business is ironclad you know what i mean again and you're gonna have like it or not people are you know like it or not but this is the business move that I'm making. This is the thing that I'm doing. Um, and again, it's gonna it's gonna speak for you because there are so many people that want this creativity and want to get to what they perceive as you perceive yourself as like, oh man, I just started. But they perceive you as a success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not that's not to say you're not successful. But you have one idea of like, oh man, I'm at level two. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're looking at you like, oh man, Royal House, bruh, they at level seven. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? there are people that have been in the game years that don't have a banner and i know that that's a small thing but you got standing banners behind you and it's mm-hmm. like oh that again that ups how much people see and perceive um how in tune with your business you are and how much you're pushing it forward again it makes all the difference man yeah uh that, that's again it's just just really powerful like just not overlooking the small things i i think you me um, anybody who's published, you're you're talking a real small percentage of the world that has written anything or r- recorded anything or you know that that actually yeah. publish it. Even smaller group that actually like sold it, you know, and and put themselves out there to build a market one person at a time. And I think we try to make this jump. Like I, I want to make a million sales. Like make make one sale and make that person tell somebody else. <laughs> you know, Grails get us yeah. some capital to invest in some marketing and and make us make one sale at a time but you're talking not to just one person right it's still one yeah. sale at a time uh, even yeah. if you you know have a have a microphone to a million people you're having yeah. one message and one connection of somebody who who is getting it right to before yeah. I, before we uh, run out of time um what's going on right now with wingless how can people follow you um how can people support uh we are wingless underscore comics on uh facebook wingless underscore comics on instagram wingless underscore comics on tiktok uh wingless entertainment on twitter uh we're not really active on twitter because i don't you know i don't understand twitter sometimes it's it's super confusing I'm whatever, to learn myself, story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's super confusing uh, uh we are wingless oh, excuse me www.winglessent like entertainment.com um online our online store is up there we should have our merch up. Everything is up except for the t-shirts uh, because I'm lazy and I have to put the t-shirts up myself. <laughs> um, uh, what else are we at? In February, we will be back. We're going to launch um, probably February 15th or 16th. Uh, we're going to launch Nightfall Parts 4 and 5. So that'll be the finale of the series. Um, and uh, we're going to come back again in April for Justice Number 3. And if we're, if we're lucky, Justice Number 3 and 4... Uh, we've got her issue one is hitting in June. Uh, Immortalis is hitting in August. 
Sabre Initiative is in September. Uh, we've got a man. Our schedule is so full. We're so happy. We're so blessed to be here. We'll be at comic uh, conventions throughout the year. We're going to be at Black Comics Day um, on the 20th and 21st in San Diego at the World Beat Center. Uh, we'll update the rest of our con schedule um, as the year uh, continues, man. But um, the stories are there. Uh, go buy an e book copy you know you can get the pdf straight sent to you um of all of our wingless comics issues so far so that'll be justice one and two um and nightfall one two and three uh what else oh we got three issues on the site man um we're gonna have a uh we're gonna have a not a competition we're gonna have a drawing really soon uh so again just check out our socials um all of our info will be there we got a lot a lot of things coming up um a lot of things that we're gonna be doing and uh you know, that's us, man. You, you heard it. Follow Wingless Comics on, on all the social media so you can get to know these characters, these titles, see what's coming up uh, with our good friend Brian Lambert and Wingless Comics. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to have you back. We, you brought up so many just, just rich, interesting topics that, that we're going to have to pull on another time. Um, um, so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking forward to having you on again. Um, looking forward to seeing your success. Brian Lambert, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys on another round next time.